Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. All right. Happy Tuesday. Greetings. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. We have a lot to get to today, so let us get to it. First and foremost, a little programming announcement. We're going to begin a new series for Theology Thursday this week. So I want to give you guys a heads up if you want to join us in real time actively and uh, participate. We're going to start a brand new book study. Uh, The name of the book is called Kingdom Politics, Returning God to Government by Dr. Tony Evans. We will be doing a series a study series on this book for Theology Thursday beginning this week. Again, it is called Kingdom Politics, Returning God to Government by Dr. Tony Evans. That series will begin this Thursday, so you can look forward to that. Here's what you can look forward to on the show today. At the bottom of this hour, the glorious return of one of the greatest badasses I've had a chance to get to meet and know over the last couple of years, Dr. Peter McCullough will be making his triumphant return to this program here at the bottom of the hour. Don't miss that. My uh, daughter, Anastasia, will be making a triumphant return of her own. Uh, We will play fake news or not in one of the more unique ways we have played it um, compared to how we have done it in the past. And then for Pop Culture Tuesday, I may have just seen the best movie I've seen so far this year, albeit... The pool is shallow. It has not been an inspiring year so far. We're guys, we're almost halfway through the year. I mean, it's what are we, six weeks left until we get to June 30 or something like that? So it has not been an inspiring crop of films so far, but I did see a movie that is legitimately great and has much to say from a worldview perspective. We'll talk about that with Pop Culture Tuesday coming up uh, later on in the show. But before we get to all of that, let us begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by exoneration isn't the same as accountability. The Obama administration possessed no real evidence that then-candidate Donald Trump colluded with Russian government officials when it launched its investigation into the Trump campaign leading up to the 2016 election. That's according to a new bombshell report on Monday. Special counsel John Durham released the findings of his years-long investigation into the origins of the FBI's surveillance of the Trump campaign in the months before, during, and after the 2016 presidential contest. Despite the agency's claims that the inquiry, commonly referred to as Crossfire Hurricane, was predicated on the belief that Trump's campaign was colluding with Russian officials leading up to the election, Durham's report found the FBI had no evidence to warrant such an investigation. The FBI released a statement in response to the news saying, quote, the conduct in 2016 and 2017 that special counsel Durham examined was the reason that current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions, which have now been in place for some time, had those reforms been in place in 2016. The missteps identified in the report could have been prevented. This report reinforces the blah, 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 blah. Just to show you how those reforms are working, here's disgraced former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe on CNN just last night. We knew from the very beginning this was never a legitimate investigation. This was a political errand to exact some sort of retribution on Donald Trump's perceived enemies in the FBI. That's what Mr. Durham has done. And you stand by the original Russia investigation? Absolutely. So to boil all this down, the Obama administration, the Clinton campaign, the FBI and the broader Department of Justice colluded and conspired to exert government power against then-candidate Donald Trump. And the reaction to this coming to light is, LOL, 
New York City Mayor Eric Adams is finding out that when it comes to illegal immigration, life comes at you fast, bro. Where the heck is the president of the United States? Uh, that, that is a good question, and I think we all should be asking, uh, why is this happening to a city that was turning itself around and will continue to do so? Uh, this should not be happening to New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, and the other big northern cities. And really, it should not be happening to El Paso or Brownsville, Texas. No city should be carrying this burden. According to Axios, at least three people on a list of 150 endorsements from so-called grassroots leaders in Iowa outed by the Trump campaign were not consulted about their supposed endorsement and remain undecided on the 2024 race. Whoops. Pfizer horse doctor Albert Bourla is really concerned people don't like his company as much as they should. 80% globally in the U.S., 90 plus percent. If you ask anyone on the street, do you know what is Pfizer? They know that it is a company that is making vaccines and, uh, and uh, tr uh, treatments. And the second thing it is, that the, the amount of people that they have very positive opinion and trust us is very, very high, higher than not ever, very, very high on the 60s, which means that um, we are having a very strong base that people are trusting us. But clearly there is a, a smaller group, but uh, very vocal, uh, very passionate that they have doubts about it. And finally, how Disney comes up with new movie ideas. Here's the Babylon Bee. Okay, dreamers of all ages, um, we've got to come up with the next billion dollar idea. As you know, Strange World, Turning Red, and Lightyear all flopped for some reason. Okay, I don't understand why we're not connecting with the audience. Okay, but whatever the case, we need to come up with something fresh. Okay, so what, what do you guys got for me? Well, I, I've actually got a couple original ideas that I've been working on, if you want to what? take a look. What's your, original ideas? Okay, uh, who's, the, who's the chump? He's the new guy. Okay, classic new guy. No, no original ideas. We are going to the Disney vault to find something that we can remake. And I've got the perfect idea. Aladdin. Yes, brown people are so in right now. <laughs> you already did that. It had Will Smith for some reason. Okay, what if we remade uh, Cinderella? You did that too. Twice, I think. One of them had brandy. Okay, uh, what if Cinderella is non-binary and uh, we call it uh, Cinderella Man? That's a Ron Howard movie. It won an Oscar. Okay, fine. What about, uh, what about Lion King? You did that too. You didn't let me finish, Hank. Yeah, Hank, dummy. Okay, we remake Lion King. Only this time it's a live action remake of the upcoming cartoon remake of the live action of the cartoon. It's a re-remake. Oh, it's re -re I love it. You can watch that entire video on the Babylon Bee YouTube channel, and that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. I want to tell you about a new product that Jace Medical has just launched. This is the same company that brought you the Jace case to make sure that you had a healthy supply of the antibiotics, the venerable antibiotics you need, just in case they should, again, try to cancel medications we need during the next... <clears throat> emergency. Well, now uh, they want to give you a 12-month backup supply of your existing prescription medication in case of such emergencies. This covers a whole host of ailments and medications from diabetes, heart health, blood pressure, even mental health, and more. An absolute must for your family for preparedness, just in case they try to do what they have already done to us once more. All right. So if you want that peace of mind, knowing you've got a long-term supply of vital medications, uh, I think I saw recently 21 of the top 36 
most vital medications in the world are on some form of a shortage or something right now, uh, just make sure that you have that peace of mind, that they can't ambush us ever again. Go to jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Enter the code DACE at checkout for a discount on your order. Promo code DACE for a discount when you go to jacemedical.com. All right, let us get to Aaron's montage, and I really want to discuss one singular topic today, and you can probably agree or assume that you know what it is. However, it may not necessarily get discussed in the way that you are anticipating, even if you are anticipating the topic. I found this yesterday on Hillary Clinton's official Twitter account. It is still up, dated October 31st, 2016. Statement from Jake Sullivan on new report exposing Trump's secret line of communication to Russia. Literally just days before the election. Keep in mind from the final Durham report that was released yesterday, we now know that as of at least as early as August of 2016, they knew going in that they were essentially promoting a scam. They were essentially practicing election fraud. So they knew this in August. Here we are almost three full months later and days before the election, Hillary Clinton is still putting out official campaign correspondence about, quote, exposing Trump's secret line of communication to Russia. This is soulless, and it is shameless. But when referring to Hillary Clinton, I repeat myself. This is the fulfillment of the last, of the the climactic scene of Primary Colors, both the book and the movie. And, and this is where the, uh, the campaign operative that the Clintons have hired walks away disgusted. She asks for, or they, they task her for digging up opposition research against essentially Paul Songus to take him out. And she does it, but then gives it to them as a test to see if they've lost their soul, if they have become the very Nixonian characters that when they were at university and they were, they were hippies and free and idealistic, that they would never become like these rascally elderly Republicans. So she gives them the oppo research as a test to see if they have really lost their soul, finds out. They take the oppo research and use it to take Paul Songus out and realize that they have lost her soul, so she walks away. That movie is a quarter century old now, as is the book. Here it is played out right here. Just a complete and total lie. And one of cataclysmic geopolitical proportions, by the way. And this was something that was coordinated, as Aaron pointed out, quoting from the Durham report, at the highest echelons of the Obama administration, including the president himself, and the highest ranking members of our intelligence community, and some of the highest ranking members of our bureaucratic state. The only collusion that took place was the collusion between the deep state swamp, whatever you want to call it, the administrative state, and the Democratic Party to collude to win an election and keep in mind, at this point in time, every poll, including Trump's polling, because I was privy to it, every poll and every simulation had them overwhelmingly winning. Like, this wouldn't be an excuse. 
But it's not like this thing was nip and tuck the whole way through, right? And she gets desperate at the end and, you know, pulls some desperate canard October surprise to win. When they hatched this plan in August, Republicans had just come out of a convention where Trump had given a largely panned acceptance speech titled I Alone. And it's, you know, not the classic live song from the 90s. It was not a good speech. Yeah, the whole thing with booing Ted Cruz after he said to vote your conscience. I mean, that was not the we're out of here unified and fired up convention. Remember that? It was not. There was there was literally no realistic expectation, both within the political class or the media class. But again, I repeat myself for the second time um, that, that he had much of a chance to win. So you can't even say desperate at the last minute to achieve some lifelong goal, that would not make any of this better. But it wasn't even that. These are just terrible people. As Todd likes to say, the lie, the lie is the point. They like to do these things. They get off on it. It's, an, it's, a, it's a natural habitat. It's the air in which they breathe. It's demonic. And then what went on for the next few years, once Trump ascends to the presidency, is nothing that can be described as anything other than some attempt at a coup. A de facto one, the undermining of his presidency the entire time. An actual one, the Mueller probe, which then, of course, got decimated. A soft coup. And now, of course, I guess we should assume that all the people and agencies that were engaged in this are now going to completely tell us the truth about the U.S. involvement in Ukraine, what's actually happening in Ukraine, and what occurred on January 6th, right? That We should just assume that they're telling us all the truth on this now, of course. Here it comes, sure. Yes. Now, everything I just said is, is what you're going to hear almost anywhere else you're going to tune in today. But now comes the, assa- the apostles, not assassins part. Now, now, the rest of this half hour, I'm going to say to you the things that almost none of them will. Why? Because I want us to win. I don't want to lose this country. I don't want my kids to not be able to take for granted the things that we did. I don't want my future grandchildren to no longer have the freest place on earth in which to live. And I don't want that for you or your children or your grandchildren either. But we need to ask ourselves a question. To what end are we going to discuss all of this? There are three possible paths. One is turds and giggles anger and outrage for the sake of anger and outrage clicks audience score politics reduced to nothing more than sports talk radio so the status quo that that's one option and then and 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 and, and whoever is whoever feigns the most grievance and the most appalling Reaction to this wins. And congrats, you made the top five on iTunes today. That's one option. 
That's the one we frankly choose more often than not. The second option is, this one will be chosen a lot too. Well, this is why we all have to vote Trump again. One of the people at this meeting, according to John Durham, was James Comey, the then director of the FBI. Who was Donald Trump's first appointment to run the FBI when he was president? James Comey. When he finally fired James Comey, whom did he replace him with? Actually, somebody even worse, Christopher Wray, who is still there. I was just reading about Mark Houck, the pro-life guy who was charged with the seven counts. They tried to put him in prison and everything else. Comey weaponized the FBI against Trump, which by extension is weaponizing it against any of you that were going to vote for him. Ray has just weaponized it in total, saying things before Congress like Antifa doesn't exist. It's just an idea. He just, I mean, literally, he is running the closest thing that a, a free republic with 400 million privately owned guns would, would permit to be a secret police or a Stasi. That's essentially what Christopher Ray is running. So let's just go. So that the end game of this is that's why we must reelect and vote again for the guy that put these people in power to do this to us. From the same people who said, don't take the jab, it's poison, it's bad, um, I, sh I never took it, or I'll never take it again, and therefore the only answer is to actually turn around and vote for the guy who funded the creation of it and still brags about it to this day. Lockdowns are terrible and bad. Look at all the damage done by lockdowns, but the end game can only be to vote for the guy who actually initiated them. Again, is, are you following me so far? Sadly, yes. Yeah, that'll be another option. I'm going to suggest a third option. Let's take a step back, assess where we are, more importantly, whom we are, even more importantly, whose we are. And let's consider the gravity of this situation as adults and not just react. Over the weekend, I received a text from a good friend, and he was passing on to me something that someone else had said. Where is it here? And he asked me for my take on it. Let me find that text here. Here it is. Over the weekend, he said this to me. It's pretty simple. DeSantis is your guy if you think a more buttoned-down executive with serious policy execution can right the ship. Trump is your guy if you think that the most valuable thing that can be done is to discredit the entire system itself. I believe that is totally, wholly, and completely wrong. And that's how I responded back to him. And this is someone I almost never disagree with. Most Americans don't participate in the process already for two reasons, laziness, but there's another reason. They just have given up on it. They don't care, don't think it makes a difference. Almost no one trusts the media. 
Saw a poll recently, 75% of Americans don't want another boomer election of two 80-year-old guys playing grumpy old men yelling at each other about who's the best Pfizer salesman. I mean, I don't know, man. There, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of distrust in inst- the institutions right now as we speak. There is one group of people that we have yet to reach with the distrust of the system. It's the people that are actually products of it. Right? It would be, the, it'd be akin to lobbying a confederate to not trust the institution of slavery. Pardon me. I'm a confederate. All right? I mean, that's... We're here to defend that institution. That's why I'm, we're here at Bull Run to defend slavery. That's why we are here. It's like trying to get a Soviet to recognize the Communist Manifesto is a canard. They're products of the system. The only people left that trust in the system are products of it. Everybody else doesn't. So then what is the end game? And here's what I said back to my friend. This is a false choice. Prudent policy and governance is the disruption. It is the disruption, folks. Otherwise, what is the point? And if you don't believe that prudent policy and governance can work anymore, then you're the fool. Get your guns, get out in the streets, start shooting now. You're the bigger fool. I don't believe prudent governance works. I don't believe good policy outcomes works, but I'm going to stay in my home and do nothing. In other words, I've given up on the system, right? What's the point of voting? What is the point of voting? Ultimately, it's supposed to be for good policy outcomes. If you don't believe good policy outcomes matter anymore, then why are you at home? Why are you part of some militia group? That is the disruption. There are only two options. It's not the two in that text. There are only two options. And those two options are good policy governance or civil war. Those are your only two options. Not an endless troll, not an endless clickbait industry, not a going. The idea that we're just going to sit here for another 10 or 15 years and slowly devolve and say the worst things about each other. And then afterwards, hey, have you guys seen that new series on Netflix tonight? Nope. 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 We may not be serious. These people are. If you have, if you have organized the highest branches of government... To do what they did. And you carry this false narrative forward for years. Years. The idea that the answer to that is to continually remind people these are bad people. These are untrustworthy people. Don't trust where these people work. Don't trust who they vote for. Don't trust what they support. Don't trust the systems they're a part of. Don't trust the institutions they belong to. Okay, but then what? I'm asking. Help me. But then what? What is the option then? To to what end? It's always been about the outcome. If we're not here for the outcome, then what are we here for? Join the militia group now. If prudent governance 
And good policy can't make a difference. And by the way, there are times in history that it cannot make a difference. In less than two months, we're going to commemorate an anniversary called the 4th of July. What is that a commemoration of? A time and a place when good governance and prudent policy was no longer going to make the difference, right? Yes. And so what did they do? Well, we know. They declared war. They seceded from the United Kingdom. That's what they did. They seceded from the British crown. Issued a document of secession. Then get going on this then. You might even be right. I might be wrong that it is too late for that. Here's what I know, though, is a false choice. I'm just going to continue to say it is too late, but then do nothing about the fact that it's too late. That's the false choice. I would prefer not to fight a civil war. Do I look like someone ready to go fight a civil war? I would argue we've barely tried for a generation. We have barely tried prudent governance. We barely tried policy outcomes, barely tried it. We wasted a generation voting for a bunch of people who hate us. There's a few places where we did try it. Florida, where I live, Iowa. Well, hot, holy hell, lo and behold, look what happened. When I started in Iowa, when I started my activism in Iowa, Democrats had more control over this state than they had had since the freaking Civil War. They are now extinct in this state. Extinct. Don't lecture me about how to beat them. I did. We did. We did it. We beat them. How did we do it? Good policy and good governance. In Florida, for the first time ever, there is not a single Democrat holding statewide elected office. How did they do it? Good policy and good governance. In Texas, why is your border overrun still five months after your governor declared an emergency invasion? Bad policy, bad governance. If we don't believe that works anymore, then tell me what you're, the only alternative at that point is, well, the history books show us what the alternative is. Sumter, Lexington, Concord, those are your alternatives. Get busy living or get busy dying. Get the hell off Twitter, get iTarget Pro, and get ready for what's coming. Time to be adults about this once and for all, because I still get notes like this. I just got this a few minutes ago. I signed up for The Blaze almost two years ago due to your show recommendation. Your show's perspectives and opinions I respect at your show. I realize as such that you were, all, you were all on the show, all in for Ron. Except the vitriol that is happening now against Trump is no different than what the idiots do on The View. Are you kidding me? The idiots on The View want to talk, talk about the poison jab. The idiots on The View want to talk about lockdowns. The idiots on The View want to talk about why are you going back on your strong pro-life record? Those are the conversations they're having. Is any of that factually true? No. Any of it? No. None of it is! None! Not a word! Not a syllable of it is! The drug companies knew the Wuhan flu was coming and had been working on a vaccine before Operation Warp Speed, is my belief. At least Trump didn't mandate the shot. He cut them a check. By your argument, he gave them the money. 
to fulfill their mission. That's your own argument. I don't know if your argument is true. My question is, do you know? We don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. And I am, I'm telling you, I will stand here against all of you. Everyone I work with, everyone I work for, every one of you that pays for me to have a job. I'll stand here opposed to all of you, one on all, until you can answer me the question. What is the point of this if it is not strong governance and policy outcomes? Then what the hell are we doing here? I could have had a lot less enemies in life. I could have alienated a lot less people. A lot less anxiety. A lot less stress. I thought it was about policy outcomes. That that's what we were going for here. Because the alternative to historically is if it, that, that doesn't work. <laughs> Take the black pill, raise the black flag, H.L. Mencken, and start slitting throats. There's no in-between. This idea that this is just going to be a perpetual trolling industry of back-and-forth mutual disdain, and it will just stay in this nexus forever, is not reality. One side will govern, and the other side will have to fight. I prefer where the side governing. Maybe you don't. If that's you, join the militia now. Show me your conviction. Show me you're serious about how there's nothing left to do within the system at all. Don't just stay home and tweet. Lock and load. here on the Steve Day Show. And so many Americans are starving for the parallel economy. It's it's emerging. Uh, just it's unfortunately slowly but surely. Thankfully, one place where it is fully engaged happens to be with a product we all need to use here in modern America, our mobile phone. So that means you can make the switch right now to Patriot Mobile. You no longer have to directly support a cell phone company that hates your guts because Patriot Mobile is basically the only American mobile phone company left in America. They support your values. They don't work against your way of life. They offer you coverage on all three networks. If you're a, if you are a member, you can switch at any time for free. You relocate to a part of the country, a part of your community, maybe where one signal is stronger than the other or an office building where suddenly you have to be there and do a lot of great work, but the signal there isn't great. And another network works. You make the switch with Patriot mobile and their outstanding customer service team. If you're a veteran or first res- responder, if you want to abandon your woke company and come to Patriot Mobile. They offer you even more incentives as a way of saying thank you for your service to the country. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation today with the offer code Steve. If you make the switch to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve, that's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. I rarely do this, but because of how much I respect this individual and what he has endured and stood for over the last few years. I'm going to make an exception. A lot of times you're going to think long bios can be boring, but this one's important to note. 
Dr. Peter McCullough is an internist, cardiologist, epidemiologist, holding degrees from Baylor, the University of Texas, University of Michigan, and SMU. He manages common infectious diseases as well as the cardiovascular complications of both the viral infections and the injuries developing from COVID-19 and after the COVID-19 vaccine as he lives in Dallas, Texas. Since the outset of the pandemic, Dr. McCullough has been a leader in the medical response to the COVID-19 disaster, has published something I can't even begin to pronounce, but it sounds like a very important paper. I went to public school. The first synthesis of sequenced multidrug treatment of ambulatory patients infected with SARS-CoV-2 in the American Journal of Medicine and subsequently updated in reviews in cardiovascular medicine. He has dozens of peer-reviewed publications on the infection and has commented extensively on the medical response to the COVID-19 crisis in all kinds of national media. On, On November 19th, 2020, Dr. McCullough testified in the U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, in the Texas Senate Committee on Health and Human Services, the Colorado General Assembly, the New Hampshire Senate, Pennsylvania Senate, and the South Carolina Senate concerning many aspects of the pandemic response. And this just goes with what he did prior to COVID, starting multiple medical journals. He is arguably the most respected cardiologist this country has ever produced. And he is with us now here on the show. Peter, it is a pleasure, brother, to have you back. How are you? Steve, great to see you. Last time I saw you was at the the opening of Nefarious. Yes, it was. What did you think of the movie, by the way, since you brought it up? Gripping. Gripping. Everyone's got to see it, Steve. It's just, when was the last time you had a movie that just, that created such uh, tension and people were talking about it for days. It was it was absolutely amazing. So congratulations. Well, you're, uh, you know how much I respect you, so that is a great compliment. Thank you very, very much for the kind words. Let's get to the latest in the aftermath uh, and the continuing fallout, really, of, of what went on with the last few years with COVID. I want to start, uh, doctor, with, with perhaps the most high-profile um, cardiovascular case in American history since, um, you know, we started heart transplants, Damar Hamlin. What do you... As a renowned cardiologist, he has been cleared to resume full football activities after we had to watch him have to be resuscitated, what, I think it was three or four times on the field there on that Monday night game uh, back last fall. What do you believe truly happened there? Uh, yeah, I believe, of course, I don't have um, you know the, the, all the evidence because it hasn't been brought forward, but I think he took the COVID-19 vaccine and suffered subclinical COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis. And then that, you know, with the tackle, the big surge of adrenaline, uh, he had a primary cardiac arrest on the field. He was successfully resuscitated. He probably swallowed some fluid uh, and had some in his lungs. That's the reason why he needed oxygen for a few days. But, you know, I was on Tucker Carlson within 24 hours. I told America he was going to survive. He's going to walk out of the hospital. I correctly, you know, called the case from the beginning, but I said, listen, I need to know if he took the vaccine. And so as the case evolved, you know, about six weeks later, he's interviewed by Michael Strahan. And Strahan asked him, you know, what caused the, what caused this? And then uh, he says, well, I don't want to go there. I don't want to mention it. And then about a month later, Hamlin comes out and he says, well, I know what caused it. It was commodio cordis. It's because I was tackled in the chest. And and uh, you know, people ask me, is that correct? I said, no, commodio cordis didn't happen. It's never happened in pro football. The, the pads protect the, the shoulders and the, the sternum. Uh, the, the football helmet, the, the blow isn't, isn't strong enough or fast enough to cause it. Commodio cordis is caused by a line drive baseball 
uh, coming out at 100 miles an hour, hitting an unprotected sternum. And when that happens, the person immediately drops. Hamlin actually made the tackle, got up, and was about ready to adjust his helmet. Then he had the cardiac arrest. So he didn't have commodio cortis. So as we sit here today, as the official story is from the Bills and from Hamlin, he's the first player in NFL history, Steve, to have commodio cortis. He's the first player to have a primary cardiac arrest, get shocked on the field, and then come back to sports with no ICD implanted. That's a lot of firsts. How is it, there, to me, and you know, you're the learned one here, but looking at it um, from a layman's perspective, there would be two reasons. One, or there would be likely two choices why you would have this many firsts. Number one, um, some form of new uh, advance of treatments that would create you know, a lot of these new precedents or a new form of affliction that would create these kinds of precedents. It's got to be one or the other, right? I mean, these guys are more medically examined than maybe any human being on planet Earth is, these NFL football players, on a continual basis. You would think if you had any kind of pre-existing condition or anything, lending itself to something like this happening spontaneously, it would have been flagged. So it's got to be either an unprecedented uh, advancement of treatment or the unprecedented ascendancy of an ailment, right? Well, this is what I think uh, really has occurred. I think he's gone through a battery of tests. Nothing's turned up. His cardiac MRI is either normal or shows a minimum amount of late gadolinium enhancement. Uh, the vaccine was taken uh, somewhere between uh, August of 2021 and March of 2022. He maybe had a booster in uh, late 2022. And uh, the doctors are in this zone where they know good clinical care would be don't take any risks, put in an ICD, he could have another cardiac arrest. That means no more tackle football, he'd have to do something else. Or they could say, you know, we're not really sure, uh, we're not willing to make the call that it's the vaccine. Uh, go ahead and go out and play and take the risk. And they may have had him sign some uh, disclosures or some waivers. You know, the risk of another tackle or something happening in practice and another cardiac arrest is real. And we can never predict where or when it's gonna happen. But the Bills, his personal doctors, the NFL, they're taking an extraordinary risk of anybody with any cardiac arrest, Steve, if it was hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, anomalous coronary arteries, coronary heart disease, COVID uh, vaccine-induced myocarditis, whatever it is, when someone has a cardiac arrest on the field, the point is, the reason why we put in ICDs, implantable cardio defibrillators, is because it can happen again. We're trying to, you know, he's lucky he made it. In the European leagues, this has been studied, Steve, and I've published this now with uh, Dr. Polycretus, that uh, these cardiac arrests that are occurring in the European athletes, and there's montages of them uh, occurring large numbers by the hundreds, uh, about two thirds don't survive. You know, Hamlin was lucky that they got underneath the pads right away and defibrillated them. We are now getting more safety signals with these jabs. The study that came out last week about uh, blood clots in the eye uh, that can lead to blindness highlights some of the more recent developments that have come out in terms of e the escalating safety or lack thereof profile, uh, risk profile of these jabs. The big paper, and it's summarized in my Substack Courageous Discourse, you can get the original paper and the, and the condensed abstract, uh, was a giant study, Steve. They used a um, retinal artery uh, photography database. It was a group of um, 
of Chinese uh, authors that did it, but it was a U.S. database, a wonderful set of information. This is the, the, the shocking results, is that two messenger RNA shots, even up to two years ago, increased the risk and a meaningful increase in risk in small blood clots going to the arteries and the veins in the eyes, retinal artery occlusion, retinal vein occlusion. Now, the source of these micro blood clots is outside the eyes. It's somewhere in the vasculature from the heart, the aorta, the carotid, and ultimately up to the ophthalmic arteries. Uh, this is stunning. This is the first two-year data that we have after taking two shots, and it's not good. And the survival curves continue to separate. So there was some hope. People used to ask me, how long is it before someone no longer has to worry about side effects with the vaccines? And again, side effects being serious things like heart damage, stroke, heart attack, neurologic damage, blood clots. Uh, and now I'm saying, listen, I don't know. The, the two-year data don't look good. So uh, our, our suspicion was that the genetic material lasts a long time in the body and the spike protein even longer. And I was being borne out with this large study. And I, when I mean large, Steve, this is hundreds of thousands of people who took the vaccine versus many hundreds of thousands who didn't take the vaccine. And there were clear differences. Two and a half, we're, we're approaching two and a half years of real-time onboarding data with, with, these COVID, uh, not with these COVID shots. Looking at this now more as an epidemiologist than a cardiologist, and so the broader statistical profile here, Peter, do you believe when you look at the total risk-reward ratio from an infection of the virus to pre-existing conditions to your particular age group, demographic, uh, and then whatever efficacy or lack thereof that the, the vaccines pre pre presented at any period of time, and then they're escalating uh, after, you know, uh, aforementioned risk profile, were, was Operation Warp Speed, in your view, a net positive or net negative? Operation Warp Speed is a mixed uh, report. Remember, Operation Warp Speed was more than just the vaccine. So the big winners that came out of OWS were the monoclonal antibodies. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had product after product, everyone safe and effective. They, they saved lives. But, but within a few months, each one was pulled off the market for theoretical reasons. They were hard to get. There was maldistribution to states. Remember, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis just absolutely screaming, where are the monoclonal antibodies? We need to treat patients. In my view, every sick American who went to the ER should have gotten a monoclonal antibody infusion. And you know, I don't care if theoretically it was off of what would the, be the presumed strain. They should have gotten it. The data have come in now. Every single study, a good one to quote by Kim and colleagues in Annals of Internal Medicine, show a massive reduction in mortality. And, and only a small percentage of people actually got the monoclonal antibodies before they went into the hospital. They all so that's the winner of Operation Warp Speed. Operation Warp Speed, uh, the losers were the vaccines, and they really featured the genetic vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, uh, and then Janssen. Uh, all of these vaccines uh, were not safe, not effective. A, a, a overall risk-benefit analysis from the randomized trials done by Freeman and colleagues from uh, Louisiana, I, I've met him and talked to him personally, show that even from the very beginning, just two months after taking the shots in the uh, clinical trials, the risks far outweighed the benefits, uh, and the risks included serious problems, the cardiovascular, neurologic, uh, hematologic, and immunologic uh, problems. 
And the benefits were that uh, they never stopped uh, severe disease, never stopped transmission, and only had a modest effect on reducing new cases of COVID originally. And then the data poured in. When the Pfizer dossier came out, and we learned that Pfizer recorded 1,223 deaths within 90 days of their hmm. product. And they, they recorded that in their obligatory post-marketing data. The, the, we knew the vaccine, that product should have been pulled off the market after no more than 50 cases. Moderna still has not released their data publicly, neither has Janssen or Novavax. So as the vaccines came out, uh, they quickly became outdated, uh, the virus mutated, and um, you know, I was neutral on the vaccines for the first few months. I was thinking maybe to protect nursing home workers or uh, nursing home residents if they were safe and effective. No more than 2.7 million, uh, million people getting vaccines in my estimation. And I had published a series of op-eds in the Hill on this. Uh, but, but then when we saw that, that really the, the government response was to have the entire country take it, even down to six-month-old babies, pregnant women, we knew that there was an overreach, there was uh, an unbridled enthusiasm for the vaccines, and our government agencies saw no possibility that they would fail. They saw, if you, you see these montages in the media, these media personalities never considered that the vaccines would be unsafe or, or ineffective. They just assumed they worked and they started all this virtue signaling uh, and, and really browbeating and then ultimately uh, pressuring and, and coercing others to take the vaccine. Final question. I've got less than a minute, but I constantly get questions from people, and you're more qualified to answer this, obviously, than me. If I'm trying to purge the spiked protein out of my body, what would you recommend people do? You know, I can't make any therapeutic claims yet, but I can tell you widely used is natokinase. Natokinase, N-A-T-T-O-K-I-N-A-S-E. It's a Japanese uh, invention. Uh, it's uh, developed from the fermentation of soy. It's available. Best uh, quality product is by the wellness company. I advise that company. Spike support, two capsules twice a day. Uh, it dissolves the spike protein, preclinical models. So far, everything we're seeing clinically is very favorable. TWC.health, by the way, is that website uh, for the wellness company, folks, if you want to visit that. T as in Tom, W as in water, C as in Carl, TWC.health is where you want to go. Always good to see you, brother. Thank you very much for everything you do and continue to do. God bless you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Again, TWC.health. Got about a minute here. Thoughts on that conversation? It can't be reemphasized enough when men like him come on our show that he has not been given audience to all of the major networks, all of the major newspapers. He, he's not some radical. He, he, he just doesn't want people to die. And, he, and he's, as that's going back to why Steve started the way he does. That was tactical. He's, he's, maybe even if a fringe guy is right, he's got to build up his credibility what more do you need to at least have a listen to this man after all this time? Amen. The comments about the media and, you know, never considering that this product might not be safe. It's not that they didn't consider. To the system and the mouthpieces of the system, it was never about saving lives or killing people. Although there's more evidence for the latter, maybe, in some instances. Mm -hmm. It was always about using this as yet another cudgel to obtain power and diminish the others in society. That's always what these types of things are. It is interesting, just as the monoclonal antibodies were becoming 
uh, noticeably effective. And states like Florida started using, uh, you know, aggressive means of distributing them. Suddenly, they start pulling them off the market. Mm-hmm. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand right here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace, he's Todd Erz, and he's Aaron McIntyre. You are you, and you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Gitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Find me as well on Truth Social, but you're going to have to really, really find me on truth social at real steve dace there as well and again the last name is d-e-a-c-e uh if you listen to the podcast we appreciate you please if you wouldn't mind show your appreciation for us if you haven't already Uh, leave us a five-star review only if you like the show of course and then hit subscribe or follow if you're listening via itunes and thank you to each and every one of you that has done either or both of those things for us already. This portion of the show brought to you by Relief Factor. If you are dealing with pain right now, then it's usually of a physical variety. It's usually from one of two things, clinical or chronic. So Friday, finally, my wife gets to go in to get these bone spurs cleaned up in her knee. Well, that's clinical pain. Uh, She has a clinical condition that requires professional medical care, and she will receive it. But then after those get cleared out, we've now got to deal with the chronic pain the fact that she's got too much inflammation in places like her knees. And I know a lot of us are suffering from that. That's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory. It is drug-free, though it was created by doctors who can create drugs and prescribe them. Uh, It's called Relief Factor. And what they offer you is a three-week quick start. See, if you don't see a difference in three weeks or less for just 20 bucks, and you'll find out why about 70% of the people who try this quick start end up staying because of the response that they see. When you go to relieffactor.com, that's relieffactor.com, uh, or you can call them at 800-4-the-number-4-800-4-relief, 800-4-relief. What do you have to lose for 20 bucks? See if you don't see a difference in three weeks or less. All right. Let's welcome in my oldest daughter, Anastasia. Good to see you, Princess. How are you? I'm doing well, Dad. How are you? I am happy to see you. Since I found out just a couple of minutes ago, we will not be subjected to any TikTok videos. No, not today. I mean, I'm always happy to see you, but even happier now since I, I was informed of that. Thank you for your benevolence and uh, and mercy that you are showing us this week. We all greatly appreciate it. You know, after watching that opening this morning, I thought... I want to keep my job today, so I'm not going to do that today. All right, so do you think, um, I, I I really, man, you tell me, and, oh gosh. and you're, you, can, you can be honest oh with me, okay? okay. I mean, I, I really did, I, I knew coming in what I was going to say about this story coming in today, all right? And I mean, I really did get prayed up before, I mean, uh, you know. Apostle, not assassin. Apostle, not assassin. Yeah, a lot right? of people like to put that in the All right. comments. And that's, and that's good. Now, again, those <laughs> things aren't defined by tone. Yeah. All right, so I got fired up, but I was really trying to communicate here. Um, I, I want us to win. Yeah. Okay? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not angry. I am fired up that we're, again, just, you know. It's like a parent who's disappointed because they know their kid can do better. That's a great, that's what I was trying to communicate. Yeah. 
did I do a good enough job or do you think I could have done better? No, I think you did a great job. I mean, like, I think that whenever you get passionate about something, I know because I can hear you all the way in the front <laughs> office. So I feel like that means that you're passionate. But I also feel like you did a very good job. Yes. All right. Are it, have there been times that you thought that I was just angry? And did you feel like this time was just passionate? You see what I'm saying? The, yeah. Di the, dis the difference between the two, the distinction I'm trying to draw. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, yeah. I definitely think there are times where you're just like angry. I was not trying to just be angry. So if I did it no. poorly, I, I want to do it better. No, even though like the like daughter in me though it you're that angry voice sounds like when i was in trouble as a kid <laughs> so sometimes i'm up there and i hear that and it kind of like what makes did I do? my what heart did I do? race a little bit yeah and then i'm like oh but no i think okay. i think that your passion comes across anger is okay. not the, i don't even think there's in many cases much of a difference i think sometimes you and i know because i don't do this sometimes i don't leave any room at all for people to elevate mm -hmm. and that's what you, uh, that was please everybody elevate mm -hmm. we're assassins when it's nothing but kill shots it's like i don't want you to get up you know yes, it, yes, you're yes. just like i really need to ruin you right now for yep. whatever reason and that's what we're not called to do i, I had um, i had someone text me a ministry leader a name a lot of people would know text me yesterday uh, hey, pray for me. I'm, I'm, I've got this new th project coming out, and I, the enemy's just telling me right now it won't make a difference. It won't have an impact. And I had this instinctive response to him. I said, "Well, you know that ain't God. God. God never speaks in futility. Even in judgment and discipline, there's always a path of hope. Mm -hmm. There's, he doesn't speak to you in futility. So you know that that's not from him." And he's like, he he texted me back. Apostles, not assassins, is what he texted yeah, me back. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's really good. I need to maybe take some of that counsel myself more often. And so I, that's in, what I tried to communicate last hour. And I'm only talking about it because you brought it up. Um, but what I tried to communicate last hour was we can do and must do better than this. This idea that we're just going to sit here and troll and counter troll forever. Like we're going to do nothing other than did, did we own, did we own the, 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 the libtards? Like that's, that's the famous phrase on Twitter. Okay. Did we own the libtards? Okay. On, uh, on talking, who, dude, they literally ran a coup operation for several years using the head of the CIA, the FBI, <laughs> and the freaking president of the United States. And our response is what? Well, we have to discredit the system. It's. Who's left to discredit the system with other than the people that are products of it? What is the alternative system? Because the, there, to me, there's only two options. And if you think there's another one, tell me. There's two options. We are either going to put people in office that will govern proven, prudently or righteously, or then therefore we're going to have a civil war. And those have, only, those have always only been the two options. The king, the king of England was either going to hear the petitions of his subjects in the colonies or there was going to be a war um the south was, e was either going to stop exporting slavery or there was going to be a war you see what, what, what's the alternative what what is this middle ground where we just sit here netflix and chill and well, i hate i hate is. my atheist neighbor they hate me and and somehow we're just going to coexist with this mutual yeah. disdain while they are literally weaponizing every institution you can imagine against us is just beyond silly and i know it's not a good business model and I, you know what i don't have to worry about massive payrolls i got a payroll of 4 and they're all sitting at this table i got a hard enough time meeting that 
All right. So I don't have to run like a massive media company or uh, or have a I don't have a top 10 show and I've got all kinds of staff and everybody else. And I've got a and, and so I'm constantly under the pressure of navigating what does drive traffic and, and eyeballs as opposed to what the agenda is. Thankfully, I'm not in that position and I can't I, I would imagine I'd feel that tension if I was. But I'm in a position of what is the agenda? And we're up against an agenda. And yesterday we got one of the starkest reminders I've seen in my career of the complete and total reckless abandon. The other side will pursue its agenda. We better have something other than uh, talking points. Guest appearances on Fox. Uh, here's my top five podcast and uh, Josh Hammer's a rhino. Tell me we got tell me we got something better. I wrote another book. Which is the same book I wrote 30 years ago. Just recycled. Okay, tell me we got something more. Do we? Uh, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to find out. If we don't have something more, and let me put it as plain to you as I possibly can. If we don't have something more than what we are showing right now, you're going to be in a camp and or your sons will be fighting a civil war. Period. That's it. Those are your options. The options are put good people in government and they govern prudently and righteously or, you're, or, or black pill. Those are your options. I don't see a third option where we just perpetually just mutually troll while they weaponize everything against us. So you're going to a camp or your son's fighting a civil war or put people in office that can govern like Kim Reynolds has in Iowa. And I've had my disagreements with her, but overall, she's been fantastic and completely that's changed the entire landscape of our state. Those are the options. You guys tell me, and you know what, you're a new generation. So you tell me, I, you know, I'm getting to be the old guy now. Is there a third option, the three of you, that I'm not considering here? Where this just continues on as it currently does in a perpetuity, and we all just keep making money off of them radicalizing and weaponizing every institution against us, but we still get some form of freedom to criticize them for it and make bank for it. Is that is that just going to continue for like another 20, 30 years, do you believe, indefinitely? Because I don't. It's certainly not indefinitely. What you did writ large is what I've long said about... Um of public education we have all kinds of people who go on social media and and say uh abandon uh, uh public ed get your kids out of there i i'm doing it right now i'm again i'm a refugee a catholic refugee at des moines christian you all know that but I, you we can't just keep going into these retreat 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 without i also just went back to the carlisle school district I told them what was up. I plan on staying active with that. We either have to fight for that or we have to eliminate it because the public schools are forming the very army that's going to take ultimately all the territory and won't let you escape anywhere. And Steve just made that point writ large beyond the issue of education. You have to hear that. I, and he's not, you do, you are drunk on your comfort right now. This is why I keep saying that. You really do think that somehow the people who think the things they think and say the things they say right now, that it just peters out. No, it doesn't peters out. It turns into a giant explosion that kills everyone. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to follow that first 10 minutes, but... I'm not really sure. I, I think I think you can honestly say, and I told you this off air as well, you can honestly say, specifically when it comes to Donald Trump, that just the act, even without good governance, which we still wanted and sometimes got, 
good policy and good governance. We should have gotten more of, of course. But even without that, just singularly exposing the system for the corrupt mess that it is that none of us really truly even knew or the beginnings of the depths of. We knew we knew it was bad, but we really didn't know the depths of it until Donald Trump, just by his presence, kind of exposed that. That was worthwhile. That was worthwhile. How much more exposing can be done? Honestly. And to what end? And to what end? See, I think a lot more exposing could be done, but to what end are we going to do it? At some point, at some point, you have to put the flashlight in one hand and the shovel in the other and get to work. You can expose all you want, but if it doesn't get followed up with accountability, good policy, good governance, I I don't know. Is there a new season of Tiger King out? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that is. If I may really quickly to bring up my point, as you said, I've, look at what I've exposed in one school district at Carlisle. Uh, learning nothing because there's no consequences. Now they're putting out cautionary tales. They're warning parents that apparently uh, some uh, Gideon Bibles were handed out on the sidewalks after school to students. They're letting everybody know about that. They won't tell anybody about the felony sex crime. Or anything like that. Mm. But they are warning parents that Bibles are being handled on. This is the exact point. You don't stop it. They keep coming. They hate you. They hate God. Yes. and that, They are turning reality over as we know it. That is the, that is, that's the takeaway phrase. Mm-hmm. If you don't stop it, they keep going. That's why I'm telling you there are only two options. We will stop it via, via either prudent governing and righteous governing or the dark half of the history books. Those are the only two places this goes. It doesn't stay in this nexus of we're, we're, we're disdainful of each other and trolling each other and can't stand each other. It, the idea that we're all going to do shows in this industry today about an obvious coup attempt, which it was. And so then our answer is to do what, though? Think this will be their only coup attempt? No. No. So they're going to have to be stopped, right? Yes. There's really only two ways to stop, right? There's the American peaceable way or is the American revolutionary way. I would much rather have the American way. I mean, it's... It's only 100 days until the college football season kicks off, and I'm really excited to see CBS, Big Ten games on CBS and NBC, and I really can't wait for Superman Legacy. Do I look like I want to fight a civil war? No, dude, I want to go see Superman Legacy. That's what I want to do, okay? But I'm telling you, if we don't have a better answer other than let's just hold rallies and indefinitely kvetch, we're going to be fighting one. And it won't be those of you that are 75 or 80 that can't get enough of that act fighting it. It's going to be you and me and our kids fighting it and, and Aaron and his son fighting it. We have a limited window here to create places like Iowa, Florida, and others that successfully push back on this. We do not have time for any more monetization of the process just for the process being monetized to what end and to what impact. That's my point. Yes, it's a coup. That's why we're out of time. You're right. That's why you, they just showed you time's up. We're coming. Okay, what's our response? Uh, Steve, uh, here's, here's the radar map of Iowa from Saturday. Uh, 
What do you got? You're up. Do you want me to start my segment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh gosh. Okay, it's not anything crazy. It's just. <laughs> oh You're here. You are basically here now to save this show. Go ahead. Oh gosh, I'm so nervous. This segment brought to you by Pain. <laughs> Uh, I just have the two truths, one lie game. That's you know what? and we need we 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 no. We need it's that. all lies. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> That'd have been funny if we all three put in things that were not true. <laughs> <laughs> all three of them were. That'd be great. Oh, all gosh. Right. No, okay. actually, this is exactly what we all need. I, I think the audience needs it. I sure as heck know the three of us need it. So, you are up. Go ahead, sweetie. We'll start with Aaron's. Okay. All right, so we're trying to guess which one's the lie? Yes. Okay. And there's really no punishment. I honestly came in today thinking that it would just be a fun thing. Okay. Which I guess is what was needed, honestly. This, this, I, we could use a little fun right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. this show is screaming fun, isn't it? Yes, right? yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Number one from Aaron. <clears throat> I've received notes on my windshield from an angry woman and another note from a woman hitting on me. I like that he threw that in there. Just so you guys know, people do hit on Aaron. <laughs> Number two. Little humble brag. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. I once blew a whistle at a funeral. Number three. I once took a wrong turn hiking up Pikes Peak and ended up on another mountain. Number three sounds very Aaron, doesn't it, Todd? That sounds very Aaron. You got to go a long way the wrong direction to end up on another mountain altogether. But, but, But then also... Putting in all that effort and working all that hard to to climb that mountain, and then not finding out until after you put all that effort in, it was the wrong it was the wrong one. Speaking of effort, here's what I worry about with him: that Aaron spends a lot of time thinking about these questions to make us overanalyze <laughs> them. That's what I think he does. Um, I'm gonna say three is true. I'm gonna say two is true. The whistle at the funeral. Because that's the other thing with Aaron, the, mm, this very button-down presentation, but then every now and then, you know, calamity strikes, okay? And I, I, uh, I could see, you know, particularly little Aaron, you know, trying to keep it, keep, trying to keep it buttoned that's down. That's good. He didn't say what age Didn't say was. what age. Yeah, I could see good. little Aaron, you know, no, and then he can't get it to stop, right? He's mm. trying to cover it up, putting his shirt, hiding his armpit, make it stop, okay? I could see that. See, Aaron's the ver- reverse of Occam's razor on this stuff, so I'm saying the whistle never happened. All right, I'm going to say the last two happened, but the first one didn't happen, and here's why. We have a rule on the show with buy, sell, or hold, don't have multiple submissions. Like, don't... In one, in uh, one, yeah, right? Sure, sure. And he put, he combined two things into one thing there. Mm. Okay. So that's why I'm going to say that was a signal that that's the one that's not true. And the other, that, that one's a lie. And the other two are true. Wow. This took a lot of <laughs> talking it out. Okay. You both are wrong. The last one's the false one. <laughs> really? The last one is. See, he did it to us. Look at what he did. All right. So you blew a whistle at a funeral? I'm not telling that story, but yeah. It was, li- it was little Aaron though. Yeah. It was okay. little Aaron. Yeah. Okay, next we'll have... Little Aaron remains traumatized from (laughs) that mistake. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Never been able to forget it. Keeps me up at night. (laughs) Cannot forgive myself. Yes. Okay, next is you, Dad. Okay. Okay. This is what he sent me. Once lost in the finals of a free throw contest at a Michigan basketball camp to NBA player Dan Majorly's little brother. Marley. 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 
you have a J in Yeah, there. but that's how it's yes. pronounced. The oh. J is silent. Marley's yeah. little brother. Yep. Had a play designed for him to hit the game-winning three-pointer in a high school basketball game, and the shot went in, but I stepped out of bounds, so it didn't count, and we lost, and never hit a home run in Little League. Uh, the last one is true. The first one is true. The middle one is a lie, because... Steve wants us to make the he wants to correct us by saying no it's true I actually did hit the game winning winning shot that's the lie that's totally a that's totally a Steve move <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that one is the lie just because of that that's great that's great uh, right. so you never hit a home run all right should I tell him yeah um, I have hit one home run <laughs> I do I in my history in Little League and it was in the finals of the Pinery Park Little League game for Moose Lodge and a game that we actually won. It wasn't the game-winning home run. It was like early in the game. And that was the only time I ever hit a ball over the fence in a Little League game. I actually did have a play drawn up for me against Lowell High School uh, to hit a three-point shot. Um, and um, the ball went in. But I, I was confused where the, where the it had all these volleyball court lines and everything on, on the court. And so I had stepped out of bounds stepped out of bounds came off the pick hit the shot but i stepped out of bounds with the ball so it did not count so that is also true so what was the what was the first one again because that's the lie um the first one was once lost in the finals of a free throw contest actually no that's true too so, so i think all, I, three, all, of those th- all three were true i I, don't, oh. I think i did it wrong all three of them were true <laughs> you, you think yeah. Actually, I'm dunking on all of you, and every single thing that I mentioned, I did correctly and greatly and here? amazingly and perfectly. And I you're did just hit a America on upping its game, and you're totally lost. And I went to zoo school. You did not understand. <laughs> yes. And I went to zoo school. Hey, yeah. What? I am. So, I did not. Oh, that's true too. I can't believe you messed what? that up so what? bad. I messed the what? whole thing up. All three of them are true. I didn't mean that. What I'm do sorry. the youth say? Uh, did not understand the assignment here. I, I think. <laughs> He did not understand the He literally even said the lie was he never hit a home run in Little League. I did say that. Yeah, I hit one home run against Pine, in Pinery Park. Just yeah, I, a I, lie. I, just, I did actually. Yeah, it's the the I'm I I'm sorry. I screwed oh that up. <laughs> We're all three true. It is. Wait a minute. What was the last one? That I'd never hit a home run in Little. So League. that is the lie. No, he did. Oh, that is the lie. You're right, because yeah. I did hit one. So, so I did do it right. Yeah. Oh. Because the lie, because I said I I'm never st- hit one. I'm still glad <laughs> okay. that we All got right. to laugh at your expense. Yes, so. it's yes. <laughs> yes. Because I could totally see me making the mistake that we all just laughed at. But I did do it right. Okay, yeah. Because that was the lie. Okay, because it was... Okay. Because I did hit one. Only one. I feel like people lost a lot of brain cells watching this <laughs> segment right now. I'm so I think I've lost a few, actually. Yes. Okay, okay. last up is Todd. All right. Okay. He says, I read one book of fiction every year. Is it Frank DeFord? Frank DeFord? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Frank yeah. DeFord called me a good writer, and I once wrote a true story about trucker urine. The last one has to be true, Aaron. It is so freaking yeah. random. That has to be true. Yeah. Okay. Um, I could see Mr. Vinegar deciding that he has to read one book of fiction every single year. The Frank DeFord thing, though, seems really random, too, you know? So it makes you think that's true as well. So what do you think? That's That one's, that I, one's tough. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Todd would 
talk about the book more often because I mean that comes out on the air that type of stuff would come out on the air in some way or off the air some way shape or form the reading one fiction book a year yeah so okay. I'm gonna say this is not true on a technicality maybe because that one just kind of stands out it's like an arbitrary number of one so I'm gonna say that's the lie all right I'm gonna go with Aaron then we're gonna say the first one is the lie and the other two are true you're both right we got it right. Yeah. Well, actually, Aaron got it right. I just totally piggybacked off right. of him. Yes. What was the uh, trucker urine? Yeah. That, now, this story <laughs> must be told. This is, oh, it's okay. a great story. Yeah. That, a trucker magazine called me up to get more background on it because I wrote a story. A trucker uh, was arrested uh, just down the road from here, a University Avenue where um, Best Buy and Whole Foods is and all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. He had parked his truck overnight, and long truckers, they, they relieved themselves in their truck in like old tide box you know large ga milk gallon jugs and things like that okay fine but he had enough of them collecting up so what he was doing he took them and he was walk he got out he was walking up and down the sidewalk and across the street from there's houses that have been there a long time in their backyard and their fences come right up to the sidewalk on university he was just throwing bottles of urine into their backyard <laughs> oh my gosh yeah Going to the trouble of doing that. I know. I mean, couldn't find a dumpster. Just like he, this was his fetish or something. <laughs> yep. How long ago was that? Yes. When was this? I love how you guys asked me about that one and that one, Frank DeFord. <laughs> one of the greatest sports writers ever. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> but Tell that us about happened. the trucker urine. Yeah, we'll, we'll be short on time. We'll let you talk about that too. Yeah. Anyway, more about that trucker urine. Yes. How long ago was this? Yes. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Tell us about Frank DeFord, because you're no. right. He is considered one of the greatest American sports writers ever. That's that's quite I a feather in the cap. Brought uh, by our uh, mutual uh, lawyer friend. Uh, got, I never mention him by name, just in case like a fatwa gets put hurt out his, on him. He, yeah, he like his street cred. I mean, he's as good in as the trial gets, attorney but, crowd. Yes, yes. but uh, yeah, gr uh, great dude. He but he took me to something. He was invited to uh, lunch and to see him speak. And then just afterwards, we were introduced to him and uh, told him what I did. And he, um, I just happened to have a feature story in the paper that day. He said, "Did you write anything today?" And I told him I wrote that. He said, "That was a really great story. Nice job." So, I mean, cool. And Frank DeFord says that you know, that's absolutely, something. dude. Yeah. And Absolutely. It wasn't a sports story or anything like that, but it was good. That's that's very cool. That is very cool. Thank you, Princess. Yeah. Good stuff. You're welcome. No we brought on a new partner to the show recently, and uh, I'm very excited for Aaron because this is right in his wheelhouse. It is called Magic Spoon. So if you have certain food allergies and you miss the smell, the taste, the texture of breakfast cereal from your childhood, you know, you guys know that's one of my favorite foods. Magic Spoon is what you are looking for. Uh, the variety pack has four flavors, uh, cocoa or chocolate, fr fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. I tried the peanut butter, man, and it was really good. The peanut butter was really good. Up to 13 to 14 grams of protein, just four to five net grams of carbs, zero grams of sugar, only 140 calories per, per serving, high protein, uh, Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free. So, Aaron, I tried the peanut butter and then gave you the rest of the lot because you you and Bella are a food allergy family, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure you guys got the full benefit of this. So give us the review. You're the target demo here. What do you think? Yeah, both uh, my wife and I. So I have celiac. I'm actually diagnosed with that. My wife has... Uh, 
gluten intolerances as well. And so naturally, there's not a whole lot of gluten in our house. And so we're kind of raising Ben gluten free as well, because there's no no real need to force uh, wheat on him for any uh, particular reason. And so, you know, uh, finding snacks are a big part of a toddler's day yeah, yeah. finding snacks that uh, he likes and likes to eat uh, that's a that's a big deal and uh, I don't know about you guys it, is it like 20 years that you just find Cheerios all over the floor yes yeah, yeah. just 20 years of yes. that here's 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 the thing about that though especially with the fruity variety of Magic Spoon, a lot easier to spot and clean up after as well. So that's an added benefit. And dude loves his uh, fruity Magic Spoon uh, cereal. And they are really, really good tasting cereal. Just like you said, mimics the texture and the taste of some of the more um, uh, common brands of cereal. Highly recommend. It's uh, toddler uh, tested and uh, approved. And the added benefit of you can you can find it. If, uh, if your toddler likes to spill on the floor, you can find it a little bit easier too. And you can find it right now when you go to magicspoon.com slash dace, magicspoon.com slash dace, grab a variety pack, try it today, and use the promo code dace at checkout to save $5 off your order. So $5 off the variety pack when you go to magicspoon.com slash dace, that's magicspoon.com slash dace. All right, I'm going to call a bit of an audible. We were going to do uh, Pop Culture Tuesday next segment, but we ran long here and didn't have time to get to fake news or not. And I want to touch on something in fake news or not that actually just came into my inbox. Mm. All right. And so I want us to discuss it. Juicy. All right. Um, also, um, I, I just think it's very important that we are very intentional about holding ourselves to the same standards that we're holding everybody else. And this note attempts to do that. Okay. And so I want to make sure we have a sincere conversation about it. By the way, the movie I was going to mention is called Blackberry. Highly recommended. Great film. Just going to warn you, though, there's, there's a lot of F-bombs. So be, be warned, but it's a very good film. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, talking about our friends over at My Patriot Supply. And if you sense things could get a little squirrely around here, well, you're not lying to yourself. That's why I want to make sure you are prepared, just in case. As we continue to see inflation climb, the cost of food, goods and services climb along with it. Make sure you've got the three-month emergency food kit from our friends at My Patriot Supply just in case. Here's what it entails. The full 2,000 calorie complement of 2,000 calories that you need per day. That, that's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks available to you for up to a couple of decades. That's how long it stays fresh. Well over 20 years with proper storage. And you can have it right now uh, with fast and free shipping and $200 worth of free survival gear as well when you go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's right. Take advantage of this offer. Make sure you've got the peace of mind of knowing that you are prepared should Let's Go Brandon metastasize. MyPatriotSupply.com. Again, head over to MyPatriotSupply.com. All right. For fake news or not, I want to make sure, and it's vitally important, 
that we hold ourselves to the same standards we hold others. So I'm going to make fake news or not uh, an accountability discussion about me. And I want to make sure we have not discussed this during the break. You guys have no idea what I'm about to share with you. None. None. Um, I don't have any ground rules other than I'm not fishing for backup or compliments. I want to have an honest conversation. I truly and honestly want to honor the mantra of apostles, not assassins. Now, I know for some of you, that will be determined by tone of voice. That's just not something we're really all that concerned about on the show because we're men. So we're more concerned about the truth of what we say. That doesn't mean that tone is not a consideration at all, but in this culture, it is the primary consideration, not the veracity of what you're saying, but the manner in which you're saying it. We have a, we kind of flip that paradigm on our show. And, and so when I, when I bring this up, it has nothing to do with the tone from my perspective, but am, are we crushing people? Or are we encouraging them even with an aggressive tone? Because that's, I mean, I earnestly really wanted to do that with how we open the show. All right. A couple of emails I received. Laura Osborne says, your monologue last hour was one for the ages. I couldn't possibly agree more. Either people just want a stand-up comedy show or pro wrestling match, or they're serious about saving a nation. There is no third option with affection and gratitude. That's Laura, who lives, uh, who loves life living in North Central Florida. Okay. That's what I was trying to articulate. I shared her email because it's, that's what I was trying to articulate more than anything. I, I do not believe that this idea that we're just going to sit here forever, all making all kinds of money, talking about their hypocrisy, their weaponization of our systems, and we're just going to go on here into perpetuity and, 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 and right now, let's just set the entire presidential campaign aside. Even if those guys can win and they're, and they're just not going to get another, another election stolen from them, no one is taking the oath of office until January of 2025. So, I mean, what's, what's the plan until then? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What, what, what's the plan until either Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis comes to save us in January 2025? What is it? We're just going to write more stories about a coup, write more stories about the deep state. We're going to do more blogs and shows about government corruption. Okay, to what end? That's my point. And then Laura's articulating that. We're either saving, the na- uh, saving this nation or we're not. I don't believe there's any in between. Anything that does not go towards saving our way of life, therefore, is aiding and abetting its deterioration. Whether that's its intent or not, that's the ultimate outcome. If we're not actively engaged in what it would take to turn this thing around, then we are aiding and abetting in its deterioration. Now, we can have vast disagreements in what will turn the thing around. That's for sure, mm-hmm. right? You know, for us, it's revival or bust, all right? But we can all disagree on what would turn the nation around. But if we're not actively trying to do that, then you're aiding and abetting its, det- its continued deterioration. There is no middle ground where they continue to weaponize all of these institutions against us. I can't even watch a friggin' Miller Light commercial now during an NBA playoff game. I can't even tune into the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue without having a guy with fake boobs on the cover. We'll talk about that with our colleague Sarah Gonzalez in the overtime yes. today, right? There's nowhere to hide, nowhere to go. And so my only response is, do more blogs, do more podcasts, do more books, 
listen, read more blogs, listen to more podcasts, buy more books, where we all just sit around and continue to kvetch. To what end? Because to me, there's only two options. Either we're trying to um, get policy that affects the change we want, or we're going to end up in a civil war. That's history. And I think Laura articulated that. But then there is this concern from Hank. Hank writes, listen to yourself. Your violent rage blasts from the speakers. You are becoming your abusive stepdad. That's the last thing I want to do. Hey, that's pretty harsh, but I don't care if it's true. It's harsh. So what? I say all kinds of harsh things because I think they're true. That's the last thing I want to do. So I'm going to put myself on the chopping block for fake news or not. What's he, what say you? That's all he said? That's what he said, yeah. That's fake news. Because, well, is it? Because if he's yes, right, if he's yes, right, if he's right, I said it. well, hold on a second. If he's right, everything I tried to say becomes irrelevant. It won't be heard because people will feel like they were abused. So it won't make a difference. If he's right, he's right. If he's right about the characterization of what I said and how I said it, then he's right about his point. You see what I'm trying to say? Because if it is abusive, then, you know... It won't, people won't listen. I know. I mean, I, I got, I heard the abuse. I mean, I don't need Hank to tell me what it was like to live with Dave. I did it for my entire childhood. I mean, Hank never took a belt buckle to the face from Dave. I did. So I, I'm complete. Hank never had uh, Dave take a swill of Budweiser, fill up his mouth with it, then spit it right back to you in his face. I did. So I don't need Hank to lecture me on what it was like to live with Dave. I'm the one that did. That being said, Hank is right. If I am behaving that way, it undermines my own message. So the question is, is that the way I was behaving? No. I, I, is this, I assume this isn't a, a 14 year old who's writing I have, us. I, I have, I have no idea who Hank is. I don't know. I don't know. But that's, Hank, he sounds like a guy who simply really doesn't want to be bothered. I don't I don't know what else to say because there's nothing personal about what you said. It's just this is uh as I said before, uh Hank, perfect. This is a perfect opportunity because I said we'll talk about it eventually. Time to talk about it now, Hank. Remember on Friday when I said uh and with Shannon Joy was our guest, I said uh, uh so there was a woman there to uh, jump back at me, but I said, I'm a father of four daughters. I feel I have some stake in this. Like, there's very few women who can have it all, but you, they can't do everything. They can't be Shannon Joy uh, and or, or Margaret Thatcher, you know, just that they, they, and because they think they can have it all, they now are t- largely terrible in many respects at the thing they're supposed to be the best at is being mothers. The opposite is true here. And at this, I think this is probably an example. And you write me back next time if you don't want to tell C, but you give me examples next time and just throw out this nonsense, you know, with, with, with silly little names. Tell me why. As men, we, we do too little. I bet the most you've done, Hank, I bet the most you've done to fight the culture war that you must believe in Ensemble if you're watching us is write that letter. Prove me wrong. What are you doing out there? Because if you're going out there, you realize you need to use a certain tone of voice every once in a while because of the devil's in your midst. Prove me wrong, Hank. Otherwise, get out of the way and let the men do the job.
you're down 49 to nothing at halftime. The opposing team is playing dirty, but the officials don't can't seem to be bothered. But you're still getting your ass kicked one way or another. So you go into halftime. And you know, you know what their playbook is, too. They've shown you everything. You know they play dirty. But you know what's coming. Defensively, offensively. You know what to do. You know the way forward. It's going to take a miracle. But you know the way forward. But your team captain and your quarterback... Going to halftime to tell coach, hey, I think we should just keep doing what we're doing here. Not make any adjustments. Even though we know, we know that we know the game plan that they're putting out and we know what to do against it. And the uh, the coach the coach comes in and says, Oh buddy, old pal, you know what? I think you're right. We should just keep doing what we were doing that got us in this hole in the first place. And the coach gives the captain a great big hug. Hell, tussles his hair, gives him a smooch on the forehead. Everything's going to be okay. Is that what happens? No, we're benching your ass. We know what they're doing. We know how they're playing. We know the officials who are supposed to be calling and keeping uh, track of what's inbounds and out of bounds, what's a foul or not. We know they're dirty, maybe even bought off. But we know how to defeat these guys because they showed us everything in their playbook. And if you want to keep doing the old thing, if you want to keep doing what got us in this 49 nothing hole, We'll put somebody in there who actually wants to do what we'll tell you. That's the way I, I imagine it at, you know, goes down in a locker room. I mean, Steve, you've covered locker rooms before. I'm sure, I'm sure half times are just cozy affairs, cozy affairs and yeah. lots of, uh, what is it called? Uh, um, heterosexual snuggling, right? No sense of urgency. I, I think, I think what you said at the end needs to be repeated. We don't have time for reindeer games, guys. You just don't have time. We just don't. This is coming from a millennial with a young son at home. I don't, I don't have time for this. Steve doesn't have time for this. He's 20 years older than me. So does Todd. And quite frankly, Hank, you don't have time for this. I don't know how old you are. You don't have time to entertain unlimited kvetch fests. You don't. You just don't. As Steve said, get busy living or get busy dying. Metaphorically. And for some of us, it's literally. 
some of you listening, it's literally, what is the personal inheritance that you are leaving your loved ones and those around you? What is it? There's always, there's always, we're running out of time, but there's always time to do the right thing and to screw your head back on the right way. It's never too late for that. There's, there's something circular about all this. I got to bring this up. You know, I hear it all the time. Why, why are you always the one that has to pick the fight? Because you won't. We will stand by. Take your turn. Stand a post. We'll, I'll go smoke one if I got them. That's fine. But if you don't, I will. And then it's not my fault because you feel insecure doing nothing. My, my Twitter feed right now is full of a bunch of my colleagues telling us over and over again what we already know. It, I'm even fine using this as, and that's why you have to vote Trump if he's the Republican nominee and it's May of 2024. It's not, though. No one, no one is taking the oath of office to save you and me until January of 2025. Please tell me, if we're going to use words like coup, and that's what I agree it is, is there not some responsibility to respond accordingly to stuff like that? So that's why I'm asking. Let me put it to you as kindly but plainly as I can. Are we serious? Was this seriously a coup? Then it requires a serious response. Let me tell you what is not a serious response to a coup. Endless kvetching. Dank memes. Yes. Dope rhymes. That's not a serious response. John Brennan this morning got up and he saw, oh snap. Donald Trump posted witch hunt again on truth social i'm just going to completely reconsider my life choices is that did that happen no did that happen no no it did will it happen is there any possibility it'll happen no so then what would need to happen instead something else here are your two options there is not a third there isn't a third we will either put people in place who will use the power we give them prudently but righteously or we will have to do this ourselves and in the streets like our forefathers did. That is the existential cliff we are on. There is not a third option. The idea that we will just live in this disharmon, this union of disharmony with people that hate us and have a dramatically different worldview than us who have shown when given power, they will weaponize and use it against us. And we will all just continue to make bank writing books and doing shows, and you'll continue to spend bank on our shows and our books into perpetuity complaining about this is not true. They're going for the jugular. How did they respond to their fake coup against Trump? They weaponized the system against everyday Americans for the last few years. They told you... You couldn't have a job if you didn't take their poisonous poke that they got him to fund. So the answer is, we're going to tweet. I did a show today and I used the word coup. 
guys. Our children will curse us if we don't have a better answer than this because of the answers we're going to force them to have when it comes to this. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.